How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 122 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle Grady. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week, well, kind of on this <laughs> podcast, uh, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This is another Baker episode, folks. I, I don't even know how many episodes I lost track a long time ago, how many he's been on, but it was a fun one. At the beginning, we're kind of just like shooting the shit, having a good time, and then towards the middle and up until the end, Baker goes, he, he goes in on some of the hiking he's been doing in Colorado. I basically just shut the hell up for the second part of the episode because, yeah, he basically just was going off, telling a lot of cool stories and uh, getting me pretty hype and also a little bit nervous to do some some hiking out west in some unfamiliar terrain. So Baker, when you hear this, screw you, but but thank you at the same time for, <laughs> for coming on the show and, and helping me out with all these with all these episodes. Yeah, um, I really appreciate it. And of course, the listeners do as well. We're going to get into it in just a second, folks. Let me plug the Patreon because here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people realize how important Patreon is for the survival of this show. Haven't really been many uh, advertisers lately. That's okay. Um, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not super desperate to have people sponsoring the show, um, but it is nice to have a little bit of, just a little bit of money coming in to just kind of, you know, pay the bills around here. And Patreon is how that happens. I have a lot of folks on Patreon. I appreciate all of you so much. I can't even say, um, but I feel like a lot of them have joined because of my YouTube channel. And I know there is definitely some people that have joined because of Trail Tales too, but not as many. So I, I would really appreciate it if a few of a few of you listeners, if you listen to the show all the time, if you listen to every episode, if you're a, yeah, if you're a consistent listener, you know, I'm really speaking to you here. Um, if it's your first time, second time, whatever, then maybe not so much. But yeah, if you're a consistent listener, please check it out. It's patreon.com slash Kyle hates hiking. It's only a few bucks a month. You don't have to spend a lot of money on it. And trust me, it goes a really, really long way. So with that said, let's get into the episode number 122. Baker's back. Yeah, we're going to we're going to leave it there. Let's go. All right. Baker is back. He is currently muted. He muted himself. Um, I don't know if he realized that he did or not, but that's what it says. Oh, there he is. What's up, I Baker? I did realize it. I was typing and I didn't want to. You said, you know, we got to oh, be Baker. quiet. Oh, Baker, you don't see it. You're you're a smart guy. I'm surprised you don't understand this. So so the reason for everybody listening, whenever I start these episodes, uh, I always start with five seconds of silence. And that is not a tribute to anything or anyone. That is because (laughs) I like to get a little bit of background noise on both tracks my track and my guest oh, track no. so oh, it no. makes that it makes that because then because then when you go to edit the the episode or when rose goes to edit the episode uh, you like you can use for. that five that that silence to like reference the background noise and then remove it for I'm the rest so of the track sorry. so baker here you you son of a gun he 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 muted himself for that five seconds of silence which defeats the purpose I've then, circumvented your mechanism for you're making Rose's out. job significantly harder. I'm honestly, so sorry, Rose. yeah, she you owe her a really big apology. Honestly, I'm pretty sure she probably doesn't even use that because you can just like use silence when the other person's talking anyway. But I don't know. I've I've done that since day one, so that's a little tradition. But anyways, now that I've thrown you under the bus, w- welcome back, <laughs> Baker. <laughs> 
I feel so welcome. I, I'm so sorry that I ruined your your uh, background noise detection mechanism. And it's just, yeah, this is a, that, that was a social faux pas. That was a podcast faux pas. And uh, I, I sincerely apologize. That's tough, man. That's tough. But it's okay. Um, this is You're so been, benevolent. What a benevolent host you are to you know, be I'm in so a good mood. understanding. That's I'm good. in a good mood. I shouldn't be because did the last time we we did this was it was I complaining about how hot it was? Uh yeah, probably. I feel like I was doing that in our last episode or one or, of our episodes. Or the second to last. Yeah, I, there was definitely one, one of where them, it was yeah. so hot where you were about to die. So. Well, that is basically repeating itself again. <laughs> You're back. It's literally like 90 degrees here in Burlington and I don't uh, have AC and I can't uh, have my fan on because again, audio quality obviously. Background noise. Um yeah. background noise, yeah. So I'm dying. Oh, I'm Do you don't have a ceiling fan, I'm guessing? Uh, no ceiling fan. But if I did, I would yeah. probably turn it off because, again. Oh, interesting. I have mine I, on, and but we'll never oh. know if there's a problem because, again, I muted myself <laughs> during the, the five seconds of, of silence, of what's supposed to be silence. So. Oh, man. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, this is just, this is a disaster of an episode. I know, I'm so right? Sorry. We're starting Gosh. off on a great, on a great leg here. We haven't even talked about hiking yet. What yes, if we just did the hard. entire episode where we didn't talk about hiking? I can already tell people are clicking out. We're going to talk about yeah, hiking, everybody. <laughs> Maybe. <don't worry. laughs> Maybe. We'll see. But anyways, yeah, Baker's back for his 1,000th and 72nd episode, maybe? 72nd and a half, I think. Yep. 72nd and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere approximately. I, had to, I rounded a little bit. But yeah. Awesome. Well... It's amazing that we've been able to get that many episodes in when I've only actually done 122. Yeah, but it was incredible. unlikely, but we did it. I mean, we we figured out a way. We're, we're pretty clever. Yeah, we're pretty clever. Um, as far as the plan today, I'm sure this isn't going to surprise anybody, but we have almost no plan. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> As per usual, this folks, I feel like I've probably said this before, drink, but I very often when I have Baker on, I will go on my Instagram and I will post a story asking for questions and topics. And without fail, every time I do this, I get no, nothing good. I just get people making fun of me, basically. And today was no exception. Um, we will go through some of it, although probably very briefly because most of it was garbage. But folks, you need to go follow me on Instagram, at KyleHatesHiking, and, and be on the lookout for my stories for... for you know, for some suggestions for topics and stuff that Baker Baker and I can bullshit about. Um, yeah, but I guess Baker, we'll start off. Um, what have you been up to since the last time we talked? As far as hiking goes, I don't care about any of the other stuff. Um, just oh, the hiking I stuff. I don't really like hiking anymore, so I don't really do it. Oh, you don't? Oh, you 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 stopped hiking? Yeah, yeah. I kind of sold all my gear. Well, I actually just burned it in a big fire. And, yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference between those two things. <laughs> Something like that. Well, unless you sold it for fire, like fuel, maybe. I don't know. It's a complicated situation. I don't want to get into the details right now. It's a little personal. But basically, yeah, no more hiking for me. I uh, So, yeah, I was hoping we actually don't have to talk about hiking today because I'm, I'm not a big fan of it any, any longer. So, is that that's cool with you. So, you, you're saying you hate hiking now? Uh yeah, then I got gained some inspiration from someone else I know. Who I was also gonna say I know a YouTube channel you should go subscribe to if that's the case. But oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's called. I was gonna say homemade wanderlust. Nah, I can't. I can't throw. I can't throw her under the bus. <laughs> Don't throw her under the bus. Until she's a guest. She hasn't been a guest. She right? hasn't been a guest. Is she man. the last big? I think she's the I last think, big YouTube I've star. N- I've never even talked to her. I've never oh, even talked what? to her. I know. Um, 
I would love to have her on. People message me all the time asking me to have her on. I've I have reached out to her before. Um honestly, I don't think she does many podcasts. I don't think it's anything personal against me. Yeah. Or maybe it is, but she also I guess has things against other people too cuz no, I'm 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 joking. Um but no, she she just like I don't think she does many podcasts, honestly. I think she kind of yeah. does her own thing. I don't really see her collabing with anybody, which, you know, you know, I understand that. You know, do your I mean, own she's thing. She's big enough. She probably doesn't really need to necessarily. Oh, fuck no. so. Nobody needs to, first of all, Baker. You, you, <laughs> you certainly don't need to, but you still you still find yourself coming back somehow. Well, I mean, I have nothing to promote. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an unknown, uninteresting person who just is graciously... Your Instagram you haven't posted on for two years. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's uh, it's just decaying, you know, at this point. It's kind of like it's an abandoned building. It's the equivalent <laughs> of an internet abandoned building. And every point, now and so. then, people will write messages on the wall. Yeah, okay, people send graffiti. you a DM, and yeah, then they'll the, end up on the show. <laughs> yeah, the DMs are essentially graffiti. They're the graffiti of the Instagram world. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So everybody, no. we need to we need to. Ha- Get get some more DMs for Baker. Everybody, what's what is it again? At, uh, no, at don't, Kyle don't, is really sexy. Or, no, what is it? Sorry. What? Never mind. <laughs> oh, oh the. Do you mean like the fake one I the made? Handle, up, the handle. <laughs> no, the. What's your oh, handle, you, Baker? Uh, oh. I was uh, making a it, joke. I was flattering myself. Okay. Okay. Well, I was thinking of the hundredth episode or the fiftieth episode where I made up a fake. Oh, what was it? It was like Hockey Boy 97 or something like that. <laughs> I thought I were talking about that. Hockey Boy? Yeah, but no. I, I mean, I would pluck it, but I don't look at it. Like, you asked me to look, and I haven't No, but I want people to send you... I don't care if people follow you or anything like that. I just want no. people to send you more DMs. Okay, but I'm just saying, they might be disappointed. I just looked, and someone sent me a message two weeks ago, and I actually know this person, like, in person, and I haven't replied to them, and now I feel kind of well, bad. Well, you don't so. have to reply to them. I just want to read them on the show next okay. time. Okay. All right, well, it's at B-B-O-K-O-R-N-E-Y. So if you really want to just don't expect. Um, it's it's like, not, it doesn't roll off the tongue like Kyle hates hiking. You know, that's, like pulling that's, teeth that's the, to get you to plug your dick. That's the first time that anybody's well, just, ever been like, well, I don't really want to like promote. Like, <laughs> well, I just feel bad because I don't want to set an expectation that people are going to get a message back. So just be prepared for a very long response time, everyone. But it, eventually it will possibly be ready. So you people go send him messages about anything particularly about me um it can be good it should be good but it can be bad um but it should be good sometimes they're definitely bad if we are going based on that i think it was the last episode or the episode before that where i know there was some serious hate in there oh yeah for your, dude i was getting your, some all right let's jump into these you're compared Instagram. to a dad you're compared to a dad as i recall so <laughs> let's let's let me that so speaking of people hating on me um so going back to my instagram story poll that i posted one guy i think it's a guy um yeah i don't even i don't need to say his name but he goes i mean this isn't like straight up hating but i think it was like low-key like shade he goes when are you going to actually pick your next long distance trail or peak bag list damn yeah that's kind of brutal and to be fair to be fair i've been doing the content thing for a while now and i i haven't i haven't done another through hike so so I mean that's okay. There's lots of kinds of. Uh, to be honest, probably most people who watch your stuff or listen to the podcast maybe have never been on a long yeah, hike. Right. Well, I mean that's yeah. just the odds. Odds are it's it's actually difficult just logistically to get the time to do that. I love how you came um, to my defense there. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought well, you were gonna I, just shit on me. No, more. <laughs> no, I because I I think people who hike in any capacity are I don't know, I I kind of don't like when people 
say like, oh, you have to be some kind of hardcore hiker, yeah. whether it's tons of peak bagging or it's tons of like a really yeah. long hike. And that's the only kind of valid hike that's worth like hearing about or, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And maybe, I'm not sure if I'm, that's like exactly what he was implying either, but I definitely know like what you're saying. Like there's definitely, there's definitely some people out there that say that shit. Although um, maybe he just legit is like curious. What's the next big thing? I think probably, I think that's probably what it yeah, was. Maybe and, we should, maybe we're reading into this a little too much. I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm just <laughs> really insecure. Um, maybe he was like genuinely like, yeah, just, like, like well, really excited about it. Well, on the other hand, for people who maybe don't get the opportunity to do those kind of bigger things, they really enjoy uh, living vicariously through those who do. And so, you know, when they're following someone, they're like, oh man, I can't wait for the next thing they're doing. And then they are not sure what they're doing. You know, they're just legitimately like, I want to know what's the you know next big thing they'll look forward to. So mm-hmm. there we go. We'll give a more, that's the more charitable interpretation yeah. of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I will say message. though. So last year, as in, I guess this year, really. So 2021, Flossie and I, like we wanted to do either the PCT or the CDT. That was like kind of the plan. But with covid basically um and everything so just like the craziness of 2020 and everything kind of up in the air we looked around and we were like oh we could we could just wait like another year we could just wait another year and like save up even more money and not hopefully have to deal with as much as much bullshit um so that's kind of the plan we are still planning on trying to hit probably the pct next year this isn't like a formal announcement or anything um but uh I think there's about a about an eighty percent chance, maybe higher. I know Flossie's like all in, so I should I I'm I'm all in too. Who am I kidding? So we're we are gonna try to do the PCT next year, um, but there will be more details on that before yeah. uh, before I commit too much. Very Commitment exciting. issues. What about you guys? What, what are you guys thinking for next year? Are you still thinking about doing a long one? Uh, let's see. Is my employer listening to this, <laughs> uh, or is Jessica's? I mean, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Spoiler alert, hopefully no one hears that. But yeah, basically, yeah, we're definitely same deal. PCT. We've talked about yes, this. Yes, are uh, you serious? Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, Baker. Yeah, and again, not a formal announcement, but uh barring any sort of strange or unexpe- unexpected uh circumstances, yeah, mm. like that's totally the that's totally the plan. So Yes, hopefully dude. my manager doesn't hear that. Well, nah, just, your your manager have to find out at some point. Your manager listens to much higher caliber podcasts than this. This is my assumption that uh, maybe friends and family and possibly some coworkers, but not like anyone who would. You have coworkers that would listen to this. Uh, yeah, like uh, if any coworkers follow me on Instagram, mm. it would have been. Well, I guess I don't. You don't, you don't have to share it. it. You don't have to share it because apparently you don't even use your Instagram. So I I don't. So we'll see though. But yeah, no, that's totally the. That is totally the plan. Sobo. Oh, yeah? Okay, that's what that was going to be my next question because Flossie and I have kind of been like thinking about it. And honestly, Sobo sounds a little bit enticing to me too. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely – logistically, it makes more sense for us. And also, um, just – I would prefer to – yeah, I I still don't think I want to deal with the the like – well, first of all, I don't want to hike in the desert when it's super hot. Yeah, me Um, either. And I don't really want to go through the Sierras with a bunch of snow. Like I – it kind of, I mean, hiking in snow is interesting, but um, I, I've just having spent a lot of time in areas that get a lot of snow and then the snow goes away and knowing the times of years of these kinds of things, like having lived in Colorado, like it's just so much more enjoyable when you're not um, dealing with a bunch of snow. And I, I know going southbound, you have to deal with snow in the northern part, like in Washington, but for, for me, the Sierras in like September, which just that's like a dream. That's literally like 
the best place to be in the best time of the year. Nice. So that's what, my thinking, at least. So. What, would you guys leave, what, like, you know, June, I think early June? Uh, early June, I think, is too early. It, oh, depends, too on early, much, so? it depends on how much snow uh, Washington gets. but um, Washington? Washington. That's how my, my grandma says it. But um, <laughs> she's, she's from Oklahoma. That's what she says. She throws, an R, she throws an R in there. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought. It, I don't know why I said it that way. I just felt like it. But that's uh, funny. <laughs> but no, like it depends on um, how much snow they get, right? How much snow the north, uh, the Pacific Northwest gets. But uh, pretty much, I mean, usually it's like you know, beginning of July would be a little, maybe a little early. It also depends on how comfortable you are on snow, right? So if you want to have like almost no snow, you probably have to wait till like late July on average, right? This is just speaking like purely on averages. Um, if you're comfortable on snow, then you could probably start earlier, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I'm fairly comfortable on snow after having hiked a good amount. Um, this like having lived in Colorado for a few years, like I've done, I've intentionally forced myself to like look at get you, man. Early Going season from Florida snow. to the snow, I like it. I mean, it's it's been obvious because I've definitely definitely made a lot of mistakes, but it's been good. I've <laughs> learned I'm way more comfortable on like the kind of early summer snow conditions now, and how to use like an ice axe, how to use micro spikes, how to self arrest. Like I can like all that stuff is like much more comfortable doing it how to kick steps go across a steep you know uh slopes what all that kind of stuff yeah like, i got a lot of stuff i need to learn <laughs> i mean honestly it's really not that hard to figure out like yeah again, i know I, micro spikes that's about yeah, it yeah from that list you just said yeah, definitely definitely have micro spikes those are very helpful i could talk about like one particular thing that uh, i did this this oh, okay uh, this june which is pretty cool but anyway yeah. um I'll, I'll we'll get to that later okay, but okay. uh but yeah, like it, it basically the other good thing is online they have a chart uh, that po posted the PCTA posts a chart showing there's a there's a pass kind of close to the northern terminus of the PCT called Hart's Pass. They have a snow tell sensor there, which is basically the sensor that shows how much snow is at this uh, particular pass. There's a road that goes over there. It's like where most people I think start from. I might be getting this wrong, but basically there's a northernmost, there's a very far north snow sensor up there. And um, they have a chart that shows over the past maybe 15 years or so uh, at what date that sensor showed zero inches of snow with the, what the first day of the year was. And Interesting. So, yeah. If you look at it, the dates range from like mid June to like late July, you know, it just depends on how much snow uh, the area got that year and then how, what the temperatures are like, how quickly it melts, all that stuff. And so um, you can, you, but basically the average is somewhere like mid July. Now that's at the pass, which the pass is going to be lower than the higher elevation. So it might get to zero inches there, but if you, when you get in the PCT and you go up in elevation, you might encounter snow. Um, I would probably be definitely comfortable when that hits zero. I would, I personally would be comfortable going because I know that I could probably get across um, some, you know, like I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident I could get across passes that mm -hmm. still have a good amount of snow on them. Mm -hmm. The main thing is like, if it's like really snowy and I have to post hole for like miles and miles like i don't really want to do that that's no, not that sounds terrible very fun um I, it's more like there's going to be some parts that will probably not melt out until like you know possibly mid-august depending on how much snow there is right so i'm not going to wait till there's absolutely no snow um but i definitely don't want to be post holing too so it's kind of that middle ground it, it, it just depends on what what your comfort level is and mm -hmm. how much snow you want to deal with i actually kind of like a little snow i think it's kind of fun so I'll definitely, um, yeah, probably, but we'll probably, the thing is you, you have to pick your, um, you know, your, your permit start date, like before 
winter ends, right? So you don't really even know how much snow that area is going <laughs> to yeah, have. Like true. if you see it's a if you yeah, see it's fun. an unusually high snow year, you could pick like two or three weeks later. Uh, but you pick, I think you pick your permits like around the first of the year, or maybe I don't know when the southbound permits happen. But you know, you don't know how much snow really happened over that winter and spring before you go there. So we'll probably pick somewhere around mid July or maybe a little earlier. Um, mm. We, we kind of want to start earlier and try to go a little slower in the beginning just to like ease the body into it. Yeah, because, dude, for sure. Cause we, you know, the other thing is you, as a southbound, you have a little bit more of a compressed timeline. Mm. Um, so, cause your biggest thing is getting out of the Sierras by October ish. You know, it depends on how much you want to roll the dice on like when the first snowstorm's going to hit the Sierras. But uh, you know, it's a slightly more compressed timeline, you know, it's not as opposed to going northbound. It's almost the same, but it's a little, it's a little shorter. And so, yeah, we definitely want to start a little earlier. Um, Cause you know, we're, we're, I'm going to be 30 in November. I'm essentially ancient at this point in my body. Basically, You are pretty ancient. Yeah. Damn. I'm very ancient. So yeah. And just based on the, all the overuse injuries that I had on the last through hikes, uh, I definitely want to like start off slower just to really, you know, I don't want to go too too crazy in the beginning. Dude, you don't so. need to do that. Just just squat before you go for like a month. Just squat every day. Just get those squat. get those lanky ass <laughs> legs fucking nice and jacked. Post a couple uh, pictures on Instagram for the fans, and then just start ripping thirties right off the bat. Every day's leg day. Yeah, squatting <laughs> squatting large amounts of weight directly relates to <laughs> doing big miles. Just carrying walking all day long. This is a direct correlation. Dude, I mean, that's you, what I'm saying. Like, that's funny you say that, but I actually have like plans to do not squats necessarily, but um, pretty much anything that I can do to help um, like stabilize my joints, like my knees and my ankles, especially. So basically, like lower leg, like definitely you know uh, leg exercises, but more like stability focused and pure strength focused. Um, I, mm. I actually was doing some right before I jumped on the podcast here because uh, oh, nice, the, sick, yeah, dude. I know it's so cool. My physical <laughs> therapy exercises, because like the some of the ankle problems I had in the AT, they're not a hundred percent that gone still, which is crazy. Like three years later, but yeah, they're just kind of here to stay, probably. But I can, I'm very good at managing them now. Like I've done a lot of hiking this summer. I've had very few problems, nice. but that's because I'm really good at man. I've gotten better at managing them, and I'm and I'm going to try to do go even crazier on the you know, the essentially ankle exercises and yeah. like stuff like that. Dude, I um, feel like so. I hate to say it, but I feel like. I feel like through hiking, like like long, long through hiking, like you know, two thousand plus mile through hiking. I feel like it kind of like permanently fucks up a lot of people's bodies, not in like major ways, but just in like little ways. Because I feel like too, I don't know. My I I had like a a thing with my left foot for a while after the AT, and that actually has finally started to feel better. But it took a few years. Like, yeah, it took a few years, and then of course I got my fucking right foot bullshit now. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I feel like there's, I've heard a lot of other through hikers say that like they have like various aches and pains, you know, ankles, feet, knees, like various injuries and stuff that they don't really slow them down enough to the point where they can't like hike anymore, but they just like never really go away either. And I don't know. That no, seems, I, it seems like that's a thing I've noticed I, from people I'm, and myself too. Yeah. I'm almost certain that is going to be me for the rest of my life, but I don't know. It's worth the, to me, it's worth the trade up. Actually, to be honest, if I could choose what I was going to do for a next long adventure, I don't know that I would pick a 2000 plus mile trail, um, which is crazy because a few years ago, that's, that's absolutely would have been gung ho. Like, yeah, triple crown, you know, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'm just not convinced my body 
is can really handle it. And even if it's going to, the thing is I'll probably push through a, a lot and I'll still put, you know, I'll push through injuries and keep hiking, even if I maybe shouldn't just cause I know myself. And so I don't even really want to put myself like in that situation. Um, and, but Jessica is like absolutely gung ho about uh, triple crown. And I'm like, well, I can, I'm not going to say no to if you're hiking the PCT, right? Like that's obviously that's an awesome nah, thing to do. Nah, dude, so, you got the PCT. I mean, I'm, I'm confident. I actually, honestly, this summer, like I feel bad saying it, knowing you're, you know, current, uh, dealing with like, dealing with issues, dealing better. with, that's good. Uh, dealing with injuries. But like um, this summer I have done so, some very big days in terms of gain distance, even like just the pure number of hours I've been hiking. Um, and I've felt amazing. So awesome. this is by far the best. It may, it, this kind of sounds like what you were saying at the beginning of your episode where you were talking about your injury, how this is like the best you felt in your entire life. I don't know if it's in my entire life, but certainly since I finished through hiking and even before the years before through hiking, like I can just tell in terms of how far I can hike a day, how much elevation gain I've been doing, like tons of stuff like that's a lot of elevation gain. And I can, I mean, it's, a, I can do like 8,000 feet in the day and it's like not that big of a deal. Like nice, it's just crazy oh, yeah. to say like a few years ago, but, um, yeah, it's been, I feel, no, like, I feel, feel really good. I feel so. like it's pretty rare that you'll be doing 8,000 feet in a day on the PCT, right? Oh no, I, sh- I shouldn't. And it's, this was specifically for some goals that I had like this summer is why I like, so I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but, um, uh, sweat lines, Joe, yeah. he, he moved to the, like the town in Colorado that I, that Jessica and I live in, in like February. He followed um, you guys. Yeah. He, he moved here, which is like tiny, it's, we live in tiny town, Colorado. And so like, it's, it, he basically was like working from home, like everyone else. And he was like, I tired of living far from the mountains. Mm-hmm. I want to like live closer to them. So he moved here now. So we, when he moved here, we got made up all these plans of like, oh, we're going to do all these like different things this summer. And so we basically spent the whole spring, like actually, I wouldn't say like, I guess you could call it training. It wasn't like hardcore, but we would, we would diligently do hikes like every week, even through like crappy weather. And if mm-hmm. it snowed, like we just change our plans to avoid avalanche risk or whatever it was, but we intentionally did as much hiking as we possibly could this entire spring. And um, I mean, it's showed like we've done, uh, we could talk about it later, but we've done some stuff that like a couple years ago, like there's no way for various reasons, like we could have done these things. And so it's nice. It's, been, pretty, it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a good summer. So I feel bad like that. I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now, but I know you're kind of <laughs> so I feel bad talking about it. But it's been an amazing summer. Like since June, I think since, yeah, since the first weekend of June, I've been backpacking every single weekend except for one. We had a friend Fuck yeah. visiting. So yeah, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of and then I've had like at least two week long trips in there too. Um so yeah. Nice man. It's 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 been a good summer. It's been a just good summer. making me feel bad over no just I know, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> no, that's why good, I was like good. I feel I do feel bad about that. But yeah, awesome. Joe and I have been doing all kinds of like all, and then Jessica's joined too, but she works every other weekend. So the weekends she's is working joe and i go do like crazier things like 13ers which require like classic scrambling that she doesn't like you know so we just like it's like i've had an awesome hiking partner who basically likes to do the same stuff as me and is mm-hmm. basically similar level of fitness and so yeah it's been a it's been a really it's good the summer, dream man that's the dream it, it has been the live in the weekend warrior dream it's been really nice <laughs> good stuff well i'm glad to hear that um hopefully hopefully you guys stay healthy uh, as, yeah. f- as far as my foot thing goes, I feel like I should talk about that because yeah. ever since I posted the video and 
did the podcast about it, dude, I've got so many messages and emails. Oh, I'm sure. And I appreciate all of them. What's going I appreciate on. all yeah. of them. Um, even when people are like very sure that they know exactly what's wrong with me right. based off of the very limited <laughs> information. But I, yeah. it's all coming from a place of, you know, a good place, which I, I appreciate. So everybody who emailed me and sent me messages and stuff, thank you. I think I got back to just about everybody who did. Um, my foot is feeling better, thankfully. Um, That's good. It's been, you know, over a month now since the injury happened. It is feeling better. I've been out for, you know, a couple short hikes since then, although I haven't done more than maybe like six miles in a day. Um, but I got new shoes. It is feeling, it's still like a little bit weird, but it doesn't, I, I think I'm, I think I'm on the up and up and big plans for uh, September. So I'm just hoping I can be good to go by like mid-September. Um, and speaking yeah. of that, I have a question for you, Baker. So let's say theoretically in mid-September, um, I am hiking somewhere out West and I need to protect myself from the sun. And I know we've talked about this before and you mentioned the sun hoodie thing. Yeah. Where should I start for looking? Do you have any recommendations for like a, a sun hoodie I should look into? Yeah, so I can recommend the one that I have, which I absolutely love. It's definitely a little more expensive than like I know you have expensive cheapest... taste. No, just kidding. Well, I don't know if it's that, but yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's <laughs> if the... it's good, if it's breathable. That's the thing because I sweat like a fucking. Okay, cake. yeah. So it's not the most breathable one. Okay, you should <laughs> actually ask. You should, you should ask Joe. Joe has okay. one that is so thin that he's like pretty sure it's not going to last more than two seasons. But he loves it because. But it still protects you from the sun, right? Like it's... it does. Yeah, it protects you from the sun. It's just that it's really thin, and he loves it because of that. And you know, given his trail name sweat lines, he also sweats a lot, oh, so he okay, really okay. really likes. Um, yeah, and I which which one a, which one do you use? Is, so I use the Patagonia. I think it's called just the Patagonia Sun hoodie. Or? Oh, I've heard of Patagonia. Um, You've heard of Patagonia before? Yeah, like <laughs> but, the, um, like the place. Like I haven't heard oh, of the yeah. brand, which is just like oh, the place. No. Um, of course, but no, that one it, it's amazing. Like is it uh, a Cap- Capiline one? Uh, no, it, that's I don't think. Oh, jeez, I don't. Patagonia Men's Sunshade Technical Hoodie. Is that it? It's prob probably I could I could send you the exact link. Does to it have it. a pocket uh, on the front? Like a no, zipper? there's no no okay. pockets. That, 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 it's that very, is not it. <laughs> it's very simple. Tropic Comfort, maybe that's it. Let me see. But anyway, no, that's not it. Anyway, the, any of those would probably work. Um, mm-hmm. I could send you the exact one that I have. I could, okay. I could oh, out Tropic. Which one it is. Okay. Yeah. It's not the Tropic one. I was wrong. I'm not sure which one it is. Maybe they don't make yeah, the they exact make a, one. They make a lot of them, actually. Damn. Yeah, there's like several <laughs> models. That's why That's why I'm not sure which one. But basically, uh, I really do like that one. It's very durable. I've done a lot of um, like off-trail bushwhacking through a lot of nasty stuff, and I have like no tears or anything in it. So for a sun shirt, I'm surprised, to be honest. It's really good. But it's definitely not the most breathable. It's definitely a little thicker. Um, doesn't really bother me. But uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's a trade-off between like durability and breathability and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Joe has an outdoor research one. I don't know, I don't know which model it is, but I could find out okay. which one he has. Please but do. But he I would seems to, to like it, seems to like it a lot. I mean, he wears it every weekend, so it can't be that bad. But, and then um, I see, I've seen some pictures of you with the, with that fucking, and you've talked about this before too on the show, with the, like the sunscreen shit. Not just like normal sunscreen, but like the... The oh white, yes, the white yeah, the, sunscreen the zinc base. Yeah, look like a like a, a surfer. <laughs> yeah, it's it looks super lame. But um, I don't want to do that, dude. I feel like I, I would just fuck don't think my skin up. I don't think it's necessary. I don't, it's not gonna fuck your skin up. But it's probably good. I for hate it sunscreen. 
I know, I know, I know sun. Okay. Like, obviously, like getting fucking sunburns probably okay. even worse. Obviously, well, but I just hate putting sunscreen on my face. I mean, I so it depends on what you're doing. You say mid September, the sun's definitely less strong at that time of year. But if you're gonna be above tree life, you're gonna be above ten thousand feet and not shaded for significant portions of the day. I would not just say, oh, I'm not gonna wear sunscreen. I would not. Yeah, I should that. probably like, wear some fucking I mean, sunscreen, especially coming to from here too. Yeah, it's up to you. You can do it, but there's a very good chance you will get a serious like, and this is just from personal experience. Like, there's a good chance you could get a, a pretty bad burn. So, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would just, and you can just get normal sunscreen. You get the kind that you know just rubs in and then isn't like stay wet in your face. You just need to reapply it maybe uh, a couple times. So that the, the the zinc oxide stuff doesn't rub in, but it literally just like sits on like I. I can't even like wash it off with water easily. Like I have to have soap to get it off. If I had like probably several be days good for it. me then if I sweat a bunch, then I don't know. No, it, that's, I think that's why Joe likes it too. He, he, uh, yeah, he, it, it doesn't really come off at, at all. So <laughs> that's kind of the, the nice thing about it. But, um, yeah, no, I would definitely, the sun hoodie is, is awesome. I definitely like that. It's also just great for cold too. Like when it's kind of chilly, like you have a, a hood, it kind of like handle, it's weird. It handles everything from like very sunny and hot to like chilly as well. Um, very well in my opinion so cool i i like it and then just sunscreen like just yeah just sunscreen is probably the way to go but i mean where are you hiking like this is like a you know i can't give a nuanced answer if i don't know yeah like, it's tahoe rim trail that's the that's oh, okay the plan. yeah i don't know like a ton about the sierras but um i mean it's if, if it's similar yeah if you're gonna be above tree line like that's the one time i would look out for that yeah is, i feel like a decent amount of it is pro- yeah. I honestly I even I need to do some research because <laughs> I don't yeah. even know fairly much. The other thing is that if you see sections that, on the map that look like they're forested, like forests out west are not necessarily the same as yeah. forests out east, and yeah. so the tree cover may not be as dense as you think. It's cool because you'll think, oh, there's only this one part that's above tree line. It's the only place you can have views. That's not been my experience. Like even parts that look on a map like they're just in the forest they'll still have like awesome views because Mm -hmm. you'll just get these gaps in the trees um, that are like, you can still see. So it's a really cool thing, but it does mean you're going to end up like, you can't just hide in the, in the forest, um, you know, and, and not, and like hide from the sun in the forest, right? The trees are may or may, it depends, it depends on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think probably, you know, most likely it's going to be a lot more like large pine trees, like large evergreen trees that are, maybe you know more sparsely spread out so you may have more um sections where it's not yeah there's not tree cover um but it's you'll you'll be fine i would just i would just bring sunscreen and i know you hate wearing it but like it's you know just i mean i know i'm gonna kind of have to obviously yeah it just depends how badly how how much you how badly you don't want to get burnt if you're okay with getting kind of burnt in the beginning to figure out how much you need to wear then (laughs) i mean that's you're gonna have to kind of just like figure it out right yeah But the other thing is if you're at higher elevation, which I'm assuming the average elevation is probably going to be more like seven to 10,000, maybe like 12,000. I don't know exactly for Tower Rim, but the sun will be significantly stronger. Even at the high, you know, the lowest elevation will probably be higher than anything you could do out east, right? So it's, it really makes like, it's hard to explain how much of a difference it makes when you're just at higher elevation, how much stronger the sun is. So that's the other thing is even if you're going through partially shaded areas, you're like, oh, you know, it's kind of shaded here. I, I'm okay. Like the, you know, the times you are getting sun, it's like much stronger. It's more, it's so much more intense um, sun. So that's just something to consider. Yeah. Um, 
And then I have sun gloves too. It's not necessary. You can just put sunscreen. <laughs> I remember on you your, talking about this. <laughs> yeah, you can put sunscreen on your hands. But again, I uh, kind of similar. I don't really love wearing. This. I try to avoid wearing sunscreen if I can, or if I can just cover it up, right? Because it's more foolproof than sunscreen. You got to remember to reapply it, or it can wash off, or whatever. Um, so the sun gloves are not necessary. Though. If you're going for like just a, a one, you know, like a, I'm assuming it's like two, you know, two weeks or something like that, yeah. two and a half weeks. Yeah, um, you probably can get away with that. Okay, but, dope. You know, if you're if you want to test out gear, you might bring like on the PCT, mm-hmm. then you know, then can you maybe think about getting it. But yeah, that's a uh, no. That'll be awesome. Uh, that, I'm. I'm very excited for you. It's I, I'm so surprised you've never hiked like anywhere. I know in the in like the the Rockies or like the the West Coast Mountains. So I think you're gonna have a blast. I mean, just drink a lot of water. So yeah, yeah, fun. that's a whole nother. The water carries on that trail. Fires are gonna be a bit of an issue too. That it could be, yeah, it could be prime time for some bad fires. Yeah, yeah, that I'm I'm very aware of that. There's yeah contingency this, plans. This so. weekend, um, I was hiking in, somewhere here in Colorado, and it was super hazy, and it was all just fires in California, like the wind, the smoke blowing over. And Dude, just, it's been hazy here in Vermont. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard like people I, on the AT were saying the smoke. It's from crazy, the fire. dude. I've never yeah. seen it like this before. Yeah. And it's not like consistent. It's maybe just like two days so far this summer that I've noticed it. But like, damn. Yeah, fuck that's that shit. A big ass fire. So fuck that shit um they just need yep. to put it out what are they doing i know uh, <laughs> it's just the third largest fire in history no big deal <laughs> anyways okay baker so what are what are some of these adventures you've been alluding to that you've gone on this summer that are yeah. so special you had to save them for later in the episode <laughs> so, well i just didn't want to interrupt what we were coming <laughs> I, I just fuck with you. <laughs> but let's see well man i i'll just try to i'll just try to pick the highlights but um i guess i'll start with the one i'll try to go chronologically i guess that'll help me keep it organized in my head but um i was talking earlier about uh getting used to like hiking on snow and dealing with like you know more treacherous snow conditions and all that stuff and so the probably the first big like crazier thing not crazy but like really really challenging and interesting thing that i did this year this was joe's idea i definitely would not have had this idea on my own but um basically this was like mid-june so mid-june is generally there's still gonna be a lot of snow in colorado at higher elevation and so Basically, the plan was to summit a 14er from a non-standard route that goes up uh, what's called a couillard. And so, like, a couillard is a feature on – I'm not an expert at, like, uh, mountaineering, but basically, as I understand it, a couillard is, like, a feature on a mountain where it kind of uh, – it's kind of like a narrow chute. Like, there's maybe, like, wall – not necessarily walls on the side, but it's basically an area where snow collects. And then it'll stay, it'll hang out there for months after mm-hmm. winter, right? Just because mm-hmm. of the amount of snow that's in there. And then also if it's the if it's facing like north especially, or basically if there's like large walls on the side that are kind of blocking the sun, um, it prevents it from melting nearly as fast as like other areas around it. And so basically what we did is we climbed up this cool yard. It was like it was like eight hundred feet long. Um, which is a pretty that's a pretty tall cool yard and to get onto a ridge and then from the ridge we climbed up onto the the 14er but the basically this non-standard route going up this cool yard um it's like essentially it was like winter mountaineering it wasn't exactly winter because this is like in june but the conditions were kind of like that so basically we had micro spikes and we had um we had uh like uh, ice axes Mm -hmm. and so Pretty much, this is like, so the, the thing that makes it really challenging or one of, the things, one of the things that makes it challenging 
is how steep the angle is. So this clear was probably like 40, maybe 50 degrees, which is if people aren't unaware of that, that's like pretty steep. That's Baker, like steeper how do you than like spell a, this word? Coulier? Coulier? It's, it's a French word. C-O-U-L-I-E-R. C-O-U... Coulier, yes. Okay, 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 okay. It's like a French word, so yeah. Um, I tell you, I tried to type it in and it autocorrected to cooler, no. which, which I can buy at my <laughs> local Target if anybody oh, that's good. is wondering. Oh, but. that's good to know Target's got a cooler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but no, so basically it's like, it's... I don't know the exact angle of this one, but it was probably somewhere like between 40 and 50 degrees, which is like, for me, that's very steep. I've never yeah. done anything like this. That's like steeper than like a, like a black diamond ski run. Um, so like, which you're probably familiar with, like imagine trying to walk up a black diamond. It's probably steeper than a black diamond ski run. Yeah. Um, and so the thing is like, you're on snow. So if you slip at any point, you essentially just rock it down to the bottom of this thing, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's, you can't just like stop this. This is the whole thing is essentially covered in snow. There's really no, there's rocks at the very bottom, which is where you're going to land if you fall. So basically the goal is to not fall, obviously. Um, and so what most people, so something that this, that's this steep, you're basically you're facing into it and you're walking up it, but you're really not walking because you need to like be leaning all the way into it because it's so steep. You can't just walk up it, right? Um, so what most people do for this is they, like, which I found out later on, I asked a friend who has like more experience with this and he explained what you, what we really should have done was had crampons, which is different than micro spikes. Crampons are similar to micro spikes. They're basically like spikes on the bottom of your shoe, but then they also have spikes on the toe. And so the idea is that you can just jam your toe straight into the mountain or into the slope. And then you don't have to like bend your whole ankle to get the bottom of your foot onto this like really steep incline. Like if you imagine you're facing, it's almost like doing a bunch of calf stretches um, while walking up this really steep snowy area. <laughs> um, and it was like, yeah, it was, we definitely didn't, the, the micro spikes are not the right gear. Like micro spikes are not meant for going up, like doing this kind of thing. But I didn't like have crampons. I didn't want to like get them. And I didn't actually yeah. even know I was supposed to have them. but. Basically, it took us like an hour, I think, of essentially, you know, and I guess when we got higher up, I was able to kick steps into the snow, which is good because then I didn't have to like bend my ankle. I could just kick my foot directly in. So I was basically like kick kick a couple times with one foot, get it kind of in there, then move my other foot, kick a couple times, get that <laughs> in there. And then, you know, what, to whatever felt secure, right? Because I was basically like up so high that I really, really didn't want to fall. It was going to be very bad if I... If I slipped on this yeah, thing, but if you're, yeah. if you're cautious, you can avoid it. Um, and then with the ice axe, pretty much what we did is either we took the pick end, which is like the sharp metal end, and we either jab that into the snow right in front of you to kind of pull yourself up, or you take the actual handle end. Like ice axes have the, the they're designed to like a mountaineering ice axe is designed to have a handle with a sharp end on it. And there's a term for it, which I don't remember, but basically that's the sharp end on the handle. And you can jam the, you can just basically uh, jam the entire handle directly into the snow. And then the top of the, the pickaxe part actually is like kind of a T shape and you can kind of hold on to like a grip. Mm-hmm. So, so then if you start to fall backwards, you can just hold on to this thing um, and not, not fall backwards. <laughs> um, and so basically it was like kick one foot, then kick the other foot and then move your hand and then move one other foot. Sounds like intense as fuck. <laughs> it's basically, it's very slow. It's very like slow going, but the whole time it's like, you know, my adrenaline was definitely pumping um, because 
yeah, it's kind of like being on the edge of a really big cliff and you're like, at any point you can just kind of start to slide. And, you know, at that point, if you start to slide, that's when you need, we need to self arrest, which a self arrest is like, if you're going to do the PCT next year, you may want to, may want to like Probably. look up how to self arrest, but essentially self arrest is when you started to slide. I've, I've so, seen like videos of it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it. So essentially that's the, it's basically if you've already started to slide, which you hopefully aren't sliding, but if you do get to the point where you are sliding, you had a fall and you're rocking down the mountain. The self-arrest is where you bring yourself to a stop. And so there's basically different techniques, but essentially what you end up doing is you're basically leaning forward into the mountain. You have like the, the not pointy end of the uh, ice axe on your shoulder. And then you're kind of like jamming your shoulder into the, to the snow. And so um, when you're jamming the sharp end of the pick into the snow so that it's like slowing you down essentially. And so the other thing you have to imagine is like, we were doing this like early in the morning when the snow is really hard, which is great for getting good traction. But it means if you start to slide, it's essentially like an ice layer, not exactly ice, but it's a very hard surface mm-hmm. on top of it. So you accelerate very quickly. It's not like mushy snow. You could just kind of like jam your foot into or whatever. Um, so that's the other kind of scary thing is that like, you know, it's a trade off between if you, it's really loose snow, when you step into it, you'll just start to slide, which is also not safe. So <laughs> basically the end result was, I think it was like an hour. I think it took us about like, yeah, like an hour to get up it, but um, it was just slow going to, to do it safely. But yeah, we got up and at the top, I was like, holy shit. Like I can't believe I just did that. Cause it's <laughs> that like, sounds crazy. Yeah. It was kind of, it like was that. kind of intense. Yeah. It was, it was kind of intense. So that was, so basically when I say like I'm much more comfortable, like on snow now, like compared to that, like crossing a snowy pass, it's a similar type of danger, but it's a little different. Um, so, and I have, and I have actually practiced self-arresting and there was another time earlier this spring where I actually did slip on accident. I wasn't like intentionally trying to self-arrest. I did slip and I managed to self-arrest myself and I was okay. Like the fault, the slide out would have been fine. I wouldn't have hurt myself. It was mm-hmm. thankfully a non-consequential slide, but, um, it was cool. I actually was like, oh, I actually fell on accident and I caught myself. So it was like nice. oh, that practice. Yeah. The practice, like I felt like I actually, how, how did you practice it? So basically I went to an area that like a pretty good slope. That's like, you know, pretty steep. Cause you want to be able to get to a high, you know, pretty high speed. Um, if it's really easy slope, you can just kind of stop yourself pretty simply. So I got to an area that was fairly steep, but basically the run out, like if I couldn't stop myself, it's just the, like fine. Yeah. It was basically like a gradual run out. There's no rocks at the bottom. So Joe and I found a mountain like kind of nearby and we, this was like in the spring, uh, later spring when there was no avalanche risk too. Mm-hmm. And so we basically, uh, climbed up there and then intentionally, I just like, you know, started by just sitting down on my butt and like doing a couple pushes, like waiting a little bit, letting yourself like get a lot of speed and then practicing the maneuver to like flip over you know, jam the ice axe in, like yeah. slow yourself down. Right. And then I practice like kind of like intentionally standing up and falling sideways and then like sliding down on my face. Like Damn, all the different... you guys were taking it seriously. Well, That's I mean, good. I, I mean, good. yeah, I was, I was like, I really, you know, it's, it feels like it's a shame to not to live somewhere with snow, but not know how to do this. And especially if I'm going to potentially have to do it on other long trails, like PCT or CDT, like I really want to like, I was like, I should take advantage of this opportunity. So mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. So we basically spent like a whole, probably good. It was only like an hour. It really wasn't that long. I probably should have done it more times, but, um, I get, I did accidentally practice it on another trip we did like a couple weekends later or whatever. So yeah. And I'll probably do more. I'll definitely do more this next coming spring. Um, and I, I'll need to take Jessica out and do it cause she didn't get to join us on those two trips. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, 
It was good. Honestly, you could probably go to, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but you could probably go to a ski resort. That's what I was and, thinking. Yeah. And practice it. Go on a day where it's like super icy and like terrible ski conditions and find like the steepest black diamond you can. Um, and just with a nice safe run out, which most ski resorts should have. Cause yeah, why would yeah. a ski run go somewhere like, you know, it's a turn or something, but, um, I, you, you honestly could probably practice it there as long as they let you do it and you stay off like the side of the run or whatever. But yeah, I would do that. Just try to find a day if you can like go really early in the morning, like maybe even near like sunrise before the snow has started to get soft. Um, I mean, you could t- actually, you could practice it in all conditions because there's like, as you know, you live in Vermont, you probably understand, like, this is something that I only learned recently as a Floridian, but snow has, like, such a wide variety oh, yeah. of conditions, oh, yeah. like, depending on the time of year, how much sun there's been, like, and so knowing how to traverse um, different types of snow, whether it's soft or hard or, you know, there's so many other conditions, like, I don't even know, but, but like, an expert, like, would know these <laughs> different types of things, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, or, like, consolidated, too, like, if it's a fresh snow versus, like, it's, you know, kind of late season, like early summer, late spring snow where it's been consolidated down. Mm. So, um, yeah, I would, that's probably, you actually have access to snow. So you probably could test, you could probably try it out. It's really not that hard. Like the skills are not super hard. It's just that like, you know, it's something that at least for me, I felt better having tried, having at least have a, a very basic knowledge of what to do in that situation before I get to my first kind of big snowy pass that I'll inevitably have to encounter. But honestly, like if you're just kind of like, self-aware and you want you understand like okay i might slip here here's how i'd stop myself with my various tools uh, like just a basic understanding of like micro spikes kicking steps um and then like how to use an ice axe like that would probably get you most of the way and then hopefully yeah. there's someone in your group who can just give you some like advice too or like, if there's someone who's had like a little experience like they might be able to give you some pointers on like what to do or even honestly on your long trail you the first like big snowy area you get to you could spend like, like a couple hours yeah. practicing yeah and that's that's probably what I feel, a lot of I feel people like do. I've, I've heard of like pct hikers when they get to the sierra or whatever i don't know where but wherever yeah. they need to carry an ice axe I've, I've heard of pct hikers like practicing it there and stuff yeah I've, i mean that's a great idea it's definitely better to practice it before you get up on your big first like big pass where like the run out's not safe if you were to slide or it's not ideal to slide so mm-hmm. yeah but that was that was cool that was a that was a really big one. So that was like kind of earlier in the year. And then let's see, 4th of July, we did a big one. That was a pretty big trip. It was like four, it was like three and a half days, but, um, we did eight 14 ers in three and a half days. And this was like a backpacking trip. So we started like, you know, at one end and we hiked all the way through, we carried all of our backpacking gear and like three or four days of food, however much food we had at the time up and over all these 14 ers, which is significantly different than like, doing it as a day hike where you don't have to carry as much gear. Um, but yeah, eight 14ers in like, yeah, three and a half days. It was something like 22,000 feet of elevation gain over the three and a half days. Uh, and it was like a lot of, there was a couple, there was like three or four off trail sections where it was like no trail and like below tree line bushwhacking and all this like crazy stuff. So that was like a, we had hope it, it was basically, it's part of this, this ultra running route that's called Nolan's 14, which is like 14, 14 years in Colorado, they're all really close to each other. So basically within like a hundred miles, roughly, you can summit 14, 14 years in a row. Um, and we've been kind of hoping to do the whole thing in one go, but it's, that's just so much, it's, it's like so much climbing mm-hmm. to do all of it in one go. So we ended up just doing, we, and we only didn't have like time for all of it. So we did like a middle, we did kind of the middle section, which is actually about half of the entire climbing is just this one middle section, like 45 miles. Um, but yeah, 
four 14, eight 14 years in <laughs> three and a half days. We had one day, we did three 14 years in one day, um, which we broke our record this past week and we did four in one day, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, that was a, that was a, a pretty big, that was a big trip. And we just, it was just so much climbing and we were, we had to hike like sometimes like we were hiking between like 12 and 16 hours a day. Like sometimes we didn't even get like a whole lot of sleep because there was just no, like we just had to keep going. Right. We had to go through the night. We had, we would have, we'd wake up at like two or 3 AM. Um, cause we had to get up and over these like above tree line sections before like afternoon thunderstorms would roll in and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, it was very intense, but, um, it was really cool. We like, and the thing is we, we actually went to the, I think, well, it was a couple episodes ago. I was talking about how, we did a trip out. We did a, basically did a trip in this exact same area. And all, we actually were planning on doing this same section, but we basically, I think I told you how we had to, we essentially got way too tired. We couldn't do it. We ended up like essentially taking an entire rest day while on trail and then mm-hmm. having to like bail out in the middle of it. So it, to contrast like two summers ago, what we tried to do versus this summer, we actually like did the whole section and everything. Nice. It was really cool to like see the, the progression of between like the fitness we had and the ability to like navigate off trail and all that stuff. Like it was, it was pretty cool. So that was a, I feel like yeah. I'm missing out on a whole different world of hiking Baker. It honestly, like it's, I am, I know the, the hiking sure. out here is like, and it's not going to say it's, it's worse or better. It's just very different. It's different like the, yeah. the opportunities that you have and the types of uh, challenging situations that you have are like just very different. Like the, the East coast is very challenging in its own ways, like absolutely, like between the weather and just the way the trails are set up there. And like, if you want to do any kind of like off trail something, you're just going through like absolutely hellacious below tree line bushwhacking <laughs> and stuff, uh, yeah. which does happen here too. But the opportunity to go off trail, but be above tree line is so much greater because there's just like huge expanses that are above all entirely above tree line or near tree line. So you can, it's just, it's so much like you have so many more opportunities to navigate areas that have no trails on them which is mm-hmm. like really cool like um yeah we've 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 definitely been doing it like joe joe and i both love doing um that kind of stuff and so we've been doing a ton of that this year of like just go, going through areas we just like look at a map like oh let's just like go through there and like we every time almost every time like we just kind of make it work and and it goes so <laughs> it's been um it's been cool yeah i don't want to keep blabbing on i have like oh no you're like, good man you're good. That's I, that's the point of a podcast. Baker. It's true. It is the point of a podcast. Let's see. I don't want. I'll try to keep it uh, more brief. Let's see. Then I've also done. Um, uh, I did a hike where it was kind of similar. Uh, off tra- like this one was like largely off trail, um, where there's like kind of these two towns in Colorado that are like in this one mountain, this really long, skinny mountain range called the Sangre de Cristos. I think we talked about on our our episode of like uh, uh, different trails that people want to hike. Someone mentioned the Sangre de Cristo Traverse, which would be like going on, like basically going the entire, like mount the entire length of this mountain range. But I basically did like the Northern half of it sort of. Um, and that one was kind of crazy because this area of Colorado is not super popular, which is something I love about it. But the trails there are like, they're on the map, but they're often like, they're very overgrown or in some cases they're like non-existent. Um, and so I basically hiked like, I think it was like 60 miles in like four days. And I basically hiked from one town to the next. Like there was like these two, there's like Crestone, Colorado is this tiny town in the San Grace. And then there's Salida, Colorado, which is like a trail town on the CDT and the um, Colorado trail. And I basically hiked between those two towns 
and along the way took some trails that were kind of trails, but not really. And then also uh, I basically traversed like the main ridge line that is the Sangre de Cristo. So it's like a very narrow range. So it has like one ridge line. that's like the highest one and it's like the most prominent one. And so I basically went all along that. There's no trails across that, um, but it's all like, a, you know, it's all above tree lines. So you just can just like follow it. And mm-hmm. it was very cool, but it was the kind of thing where like I got halfway through and I was like, I don't know if I don't know if I can make it all the way and there's nowhere to bail out. Like I was having like serious doubts about like, can I get there? Do I have to try to bail out somewhere and try to like call Jessica and have her pick me up? And like, it was just these like very intense moments of, of self-doubt and just like being physically so exhausted. Um, and that was another trip where I was like not able to sleep very much. Cause like, like the biggest challenge when you're going above treeline in Colorado in the summer is these afternoon storms that come in. So you really have to get up there as early as possible. So like, usually I try to like to be like above treeline hiking there when the sun's rising. So you're getting up, depending on how far you have to climb to get there, you're getting up at like, you know, 4am. In my case, I was getting up at like two or 3am cause Jesus. I had like a long way to go. It was, it was crazy. I mean, I, once I was out there, I did not intend on doing that. But once I got out there, I realized how vastly I underestimated how difficult it was going to be. And I was like, I have to just get up really early. Um, so that was pretty intense, but I still got chased off by storms. And I had one afternoon where I got chased off the ridgeline by a storm. I went below tree line. I got rained on for like an hour. I <laughs> like slept my tarp, but just sat there for an hour and I like, slept because I was exhausted. And then I looked out and the sky was totally blue. It was like sweet. So I like climb all the way back up to the ridge line, like 2000 feet, get back up there. And now there's just like five more storms. Like, oh, there's way more storms. I'm like, Oh God. So then I go back down another to another, like, you know, uh, another Valley that has like no trails. There's like nothing in there. It's just like all wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I, and I go down there and I sit for another like two hours, like another huge storm goes through, set up my tarp again, two hours goes past. And finally by like 7 PM, the storm, the storm stop. And I managed to get back on the ridge line by uh like kind of for sunset which was really cool so i yeah. did kind of make it back up there but then i had to like modify the trip cut out some big parts of the ridge line i wanted to do um but i ended up doing like i mean i think there was one of those days was like probably like 25 miles and like eight thousand feet of elevation or something like that mm-hmm. um and that's like all off trail so that took me probably like 16 hours of hiking to do i mean it was it i I haven't done anything like that like, in, in, since the AT or even on the AT. I don't think I ever hiked for 16 hours in a single day. You know? Probably not. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's so rare you would need to do that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty intense. Uh, let's see. Then I think a couple weeks, I know then later that week. So that was like a Friday through Saturday. And then the week after I took the whole week off and Jessica had that week off from work too. And we did this trail called the ring, the peak trail, which is this hmm. trail that circumnavigates Pike's peak which is a 14er in Colorado, um, which was kind of cool. We were planning on doing a different hike, but the the area we were going to go to in Colorado had basically some really bad uh, weather predicted. Like they had like huge mudslides that like basically got this entire town isolated for several days. Oh, they nice. Yeah, like, like really bad rain and stuff. So we didn't go to that area, luckily, which is a different part of state. Um, basically went to, yeah, around Pikes Peak, which is right near Colorado Springs. So one part of it, we actually got to like walk into town and like get breakfast, which is pretty cool. Um, but the part that was the most like challenging was it's not, so the Ring the Peak Trail is almost complete. It's almost has like a complete, uh, trail that goes around the whole thing, but there's like an eight or 10 mile section, which is not complete. Um, 
and it goes and it's kind of routed on the highway there. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't want to walk on the highway. And we looked at some things online, looked at some maps and saw that most of it is above tree line. So you could pretty easily navigate, you know, above tree line and, and just do this section, even though there's no trails, you, yeah. you could still go across it. Right. And we saw people online that done it. So like, okay, like I'm pretty confident navigating above tree line with a map. Like I, I was like, I'm pretty sure I could do that. So the problem was when we get out there and it ends up being the map is from like 2016, which I've used these maps. This is like the forest service 2016 map. I've used them extensively and they've always been very accurate from what I've seen. But in this particular area, it was very inaccurate and it's not necessarily it was inaccurate. It was just outdated. So mm-hmm. basically at some point in the past four or five years, since this map was made or since it was surveyed, whatever, like most of like, there was supposed to be just one very short section below tree line that we have to do. But basically this like probably over half of this like 10 mile section, uh, these like aspens had grown in there. So this is like very young aspens. Which I'm, I'm looking at pictures on Jessica's Instagram right now. Okay. Yeah. I think she has a video of us like just, yeah, like going through it. But basically aspens, when they're first growing, they grow very dense. So like really, really close to each other and they're so small. So it makes sense. They grow very dense. And so basically we were just had, we spent like a day and a half just like pushing through undergrowth. And then we'd like get above on like a, we'd get on a ridge for like a brief second. And then there were tree line ends. And then we go back down the next valley. We basically like going up and down over valleys that had just like very dense underbrush, mm-hmm. and which is just so, I mean, like we were mentally prepared for like, you know, one very section and the rest would be like on tundra above tree line, which is so much, it's so much quicker to navigate across. But this was like, very dense forest, like very dense, yeah, very dense trees and bushes and forests. And so that put us like way behind schedule. We did eventually, this is another situation where we're literally like scanning the map for like bailout points. Like, can we walk down this other way? If we get to the road, can we hitch back to our, you know, like just like I'm trying to figure out, can we even do this? But we ended up deciding, okay, we'll try to do it. And we did get through it. And like, man, the feeling of getting like to the forest road that we were aiming at when we like finished the section was like so good. It was just like, oh my gosh, it's the, it's over. Like our, our nightmare is over. I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was, it was hard, but I kind of enjoyed it. Jessica absolutely hated it, but she was a trooper <laughs> and she like got through it. Um, so then that kind of put us behind for like the whole rest of the trip. So we ended up doing like some 20 plus mile days, which like she hasn't done that since like the AT or maybe since the Colorado trail a couple of summers ago. But again, like I've just been doing a lot of really big stuff, even You're if I wasn't planning it, on it. Holy shit. I know. And it's been, it's been, it's been good. I, and then I, I haven't had any like major injuries or anything. And then let's see, I think this past weekend we did this trip to this area in Colorado called the Chicago basin, which is an absolutely beautiful area, like down in the, in the Southwest San Juans. Um, and there's this, there's these four 14 ers that are all pretty close to each other. So I think I mentioned earlier, we did three 14ers in one day, but those were all class one, which essentially means there's a trail you could just walk up to the top on. Mm-hmm. Um, these were all class three or difficult class two, which essentially means just rock scrambling, like scrambling on rocks, like big boulders or, mm-hmm. you know, loose rock, like just various types of rock. It's not basically you can't just walk up, right? You're going to be, you have to use your hands to lower yourself up or raise yourself up and down various like things. And so we ended up doing four 14ers in one day. Um, like uh, Joe and I and, the, and our friend who's like, uh, yeah, our, our friend who's, he's now at 53 of the 58, 14 years, like in Colorado, nice. he's like almost done all of them. Yeah. So he was out there helping us out. He's like really good at, he's like a rock climber too. So he's good at this like kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that was like a, 
it was, it's not as much climbing. It's like only like 6,000 feet of climbing because they're all kind of close to each other, but it's just doing four of them when you have to scramble on every single one. It's very, it's a very slow, you know, it's slow going, but yeah, we ended up doing uh, four in one day and um, that, yeah, that broke our record for the number in one day, but um, mm-hmm. that area was just like beautiful and the weather was really nice. There was no worries about like, there was a lot of smoke, but there were no clouds. There was no thunderstorms. Um, so yeah, we've been getting after it. And then we have one more really big one, big trip coming up. This is like, um, last, last week of August, first week of September, Joe and I are doing this thing called the Fifner Traverse, which is going to be like our first official high route, I guess. And so this is, this is a 76 mile, um, route that is 41% off trail. So it's like a little less than a little more than half is actually on trails. Uh, that goes through Rocky Mountain National Park and then like a bunch of wilderness areas to the south of it. Um, so that's going to be like the big, we've been, we've been planning this one the whole summer. And so that's why we've been trying to do like as much off trail stuff, as much climbing every day, because the other thing about these high routes is like, they're generally the thing that limits how far you can go each day is like how much you can climb. So we're going to have to do an average of like six to 7,000 feet a day for like Jeez. five, <laughs> five or six days in a row. Right. And then, all that's like off trail. So like, it's not like you're taking a bunch of like long switchbacks. This is like, you're going to like straight up a steep talus field, which is really exhausting. It's a difference between like, um, yeah, it's a difference between like going up a very mild hill for a long period of time, or just going straight up a steep hill. Like generally, you know, it's like the difference between squatting like 10 pounds and like a hundred pounds, right? Because it's just so much more, it's a lot more, each step is like so much more work to do it. So um, it's going to be, yeah, it's, but we're, I think we're both ready. Like we've, like I said, we've been, we've been trying to do as much intense stuff all summer as we can to like get ready for it. So that's going to be so cool though. Like you're just going did, through, you're going to be like so well prepared for whatever West coast long distance trail you do next. Well, it'll, yeah. I mean, but the thing is like, the weird thing is sometimes my, uh, and you kind of mentioned this, like in your injury, you were talking about your injury in the, a couple episodes ago. But like sometimes my feet and ankles actually hurt more on established trails because it's a much more repetitive motion, right? Like you're just doing the exact mm-hmm. same motion oh, true, over and over true. again, right? Yeah. Whereas when you're going off trail, like if you're walking on talus, which is like, you know, big blocky rocks, like your ankles have to be engaged. You have to be balancing yourself. You're always stepping on a weird, uneven surface. So like it, in some ways, like I actually think I can do more when I'm off trail than when I'm on trail. Because when you're on trail, you're just like doing the exact, like you said, you're doing like pretty much the exact same motion yeah. over and over again. So uh, I think you'll be okay though, Baker. I mean, we'll see. I have done big trails on like a, a big days on established trails too. But the thing is, can I keep it up through the winter, right? Like, because it's hard. I'm not going to be able to do as many. Well, it'd you probably know, be good to trips. give yourself a little bit of a break too. You yeah, know? it'll be good to give myself a break, and I'll basically do whatever I did this spring. I'm going to try to do that same kind of build up where um, I'm slowly getting, you know, getting stronger because it really worked for this. Like I basically eased my way into it by doing as many hikes like during the week and out of the weekends. Like I just did. We we did lots like after work. We just like you know, as soon as like we got off work, just go straight out to the trailhead and try to hike as much as we can till dark, like in May or in April just to like slowly build and do that as many times a week as we could mm-hmm. just to like kind of build that up. So cool. Anyway. Yeah. Like I said, it's been, an, it's been a really awesome summer. So I thoroughly, yeah. You're taking, been, you're taking full advantage of, of moving yeah. to Colorado. I like to hear it bigger. That's yeah. That's, that's been the goal. So cool. But yeah, right. how have you, how are you done? Is that, I don't want to, I want to I wanna ask how you've been coping with injury because the times that I've been injured are like the only times that I've, I, I'll get like actual, 
mild depression where like you go straight from like feeling good, feeling awesome. And all of a sudden you're just like sitting. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. good. Yeah, I've got Surviving. the, I've got the channel to kind of just, you know, keep making say, least, videos and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you do that, have so. like something productive that's, or something like, a, you know, a big part of your life, I guess that's not necessarily, I mean, you kind of need to hype to like film these things and to get the experiences to talk about, but yeah. at least there are things you can do that don't exactly. require. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been all right. I'm coming out on the other end. Um, have you tried like, um, like biking at all? Like I, that's something I do a lot. I bike a lot <laughs> because then I don't, cause biking is a lot less stress and it like kind of switches yeah. things up. You can still get if outside. If I had a bike, maybe I would, but bike, I, yeah. I don't have a bike. So yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe at some point, but anyways, yeah. Baker, I need, I am baking right now in this you're, you're oven roast, of a, of a, of a room. There. I yeah. am roasting. Um, so thank you for coming on here again. Um, once welcome. again, everybody send Baker some DMS. Although I'm not going to make him repeat his his mouthful of a handle, but <laughs> it's just it's just B and then my la- letter B and my last name. So if you like look in the episode title, B Bocorny, B yes. Bocorny, it's it's or just search Baker B O K and then you'll just start to like find. It. I mean, I don't think there's any other Bakers. There's probably not that many other Bakers on Instagram. I mean, I'm send well, him some know, DMs. Do it. Yeah, send me DMs. And thank you for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, take care. Peace. <laughs>